Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We heard yesterday how Barnabas and Saul were sent out from Antioch by the church there, and you made uh, made the point that it's very important that they were sent out, and uh, they went to Cyprus. And uh, you were explaining how they came under further attack, this time from occult practices, and uh, how Paul took this thing head on. It's the only way, because God has given us authority over all the power of the evil one, so we have to exercise that authority, because, of course, the welfare of so many people were, was at stake. Uh, if, if you don't stop those that are doing these occult things stop, I mean spiritually, by overcoming them in prayer, uh, then they are going to seduce a lot of people away from the truth, uh, and the result will be that those people will become deceived. They will believe the deception rather than the truth. So we read in chapter 13, verse 13, Paul and his companions sailed from Paphos to Perga in Pamphylia, where John Mark left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga they traveled to Pisidian Antioch and attended the synagogue service there on the Sabbath. Now let me just comment two things. John Mark leaves them. That is going to become significant in a little while. Um, The next thing that we need to understand is that still the apostles went first to the synagogues, wherever they went. In other words, they gave the Jewish people the opportunity to recognize Jesus Christ as their Messiah. When, as usually happened eventually, they got thrown out of the synagogue, then they went into the marketplace and addressed the Gentiles. But they always went to those who were God's covenant people, the people that belong to the old covenant first to give them the opportunity to repent and believe. When they rejected the gospel, then they went to the Gentiles. Of course, some in the synagogues became believers. Uh, Others would refuse to and would stand against Paul and the other preachers. So this is the emergence then of these mixed congregations of Jews and Gentiles. And what we're going to see as we progress through Acts is that gradually the balance is altered from the church being predominantly Jewish with some Gentile believers. It becomes predominantly Gentile with some Jewish believers. And that's going to produce some tensions which the church is going to have to work through. So we read in verse 15, After the readings from the Law and the Prophets, the leaders sent them word, saying, Brothers, please speak to us if you have a message of encouragement for the people. So Paul stood and motioned with his hand for the people to be quiet. People of Israel and those of you from other nations who worship God, listen to me, he began. Israel's God chose our forefathers and caused them to prosper during their time in Egypt. Then he led them out of that country with a display of his mighty power. 
Then he endured their rebellious conduct in the wilderness for about forty years. He conquered seven nations in Canaan and gave his own people their land as their inheritance. All this activity covered a period of about 450 years. Then God gave them leaders known as judges until the time of the prophet Samuel. It was then that the people demanded to have a king to rule over them, and he gave them Saul the son of Kish of the tribe of Benjamin, and he reigned for 40 years. After his death he made David their king, saying of them, I have made David son of Jesse a man after my own heart. He will accomplish all I want him to do. From David's descendants, God has given Israel the Savior he promised, Jesus. Now, you see, this is typical of how Paul and the other uh, apostles approached the Jewish community. They go back into Jewish history and they show how the law and the prophets they show how the whole of Jewish history was really pointing towards the coming of the Messiah, was pointing towards Jesus. Now, of course, when preaching to Gentiles, they would have to take a different approach altogether because the Gentiles didn't know and wouldn't have been interested at that point in the history of Israel. So uh, this is an insight into how Paul and others evangelize the Jewish people. Uh, so from David's descendants, God has given Israel the Savior he promised, Jesus. But before his ministry began, John preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and be baptized. While John was fulfilling his mandate, he asked, Who do you believe I am? I am not the Christ, the Messiah. No, he is coming after me, and I am not worthy even to do the work of a slave for him. Uh, this is of much more significant statement than we probably realize, because in the early church, we know at least up until the time that John wrote his gospel, which would be about 85 to 90 AD, some 60 years after the resurrection, there was still this um, idea that John the Baptist had been the Messiah. Because of, um, because of the way in which his ministry impacted Israel, called them to repent and believe, um, this deception really had been spread. You remember even during um, Jesus' ministry on earth, uh, Herod uh, had said that, um, that he believed that Jesus must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. And in the opening chapters of John's Gospel, John is constantly having to refute this idea that um, John is the Messiah. And it may be even that this false rumor was something that was even encouraged among Jewish circles by Jewish leaders. Um, not, not so much to proclaim John as the Messiah, but to discredit Jesus as the Messiah. So, you know, there were all kinds of innuendos in that. So, um, Paul continues, verse 26, Brothers, you children of Abraham and those of other nations who fear God, we have been given this message of salvation, the Savior, 
was sent to us. But the people of Jerusalem and their rulers failed to recognize Jesus as their Savior, as the Christ, and in condemning him fulfilled the prophetic words that are read every Sabbath. Despite the fact that they could not find him guilty of any crime worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him crucified. When they had fulfilled the words written about him in the scriptures, they took him down from the cross and laid his body in the tomb. Yet God raised him from the dead, and over a period of many days, he was seen in his risen body by those who had come with him to Jerusalem from Galilee. They are now witnesses of his resurrection to our people. So having reviewed uh, the history of Israel pointing to Jesus, Paul then reviews the ministry of Jesus and what he accomplished through the cross, through his death, through the resurrection, and how he had appeared to those first believers who were witnesses of that resurrection. Now, of course, Paul was not one of those. He was not an apostle at that time. Subsequently, he was the chief persecutor of the church, but he did meet with the Lord, not in his risen body like the Uh, other apostles, but in the spirit for three years, Jesus had taught him personally the gospel. So uh, Paul continues, we proclaim to you this good news, what God promised our forefathers, he has fulfilled for us their children by raising Jesus. God says of him in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have become your father. The truth that God raised him from the dead so that his body would never decay is expressed in these words, I will give you the holy and certain blessings I promised to David, and elsewhere you will not allow your holy one to decay. When David had fulfilled God's promise for him in his generation, he died was buried, and his ancestors and his body decayed. But he whom God raised from the dead has not suffered any decay. Therefore, I want you to know, brothers, that through Jesus you can receive forgiveness of all your sins. This is what we proclaim to you. Through faith in Jesus, everyone who believes is made acceptable to God and is brought into a right relationship with him. No one could achieve such acceptance through the law given to Moses. So make certain that what the prophet said does not apply to you. Understand, those of you who scoff at the truth, you will perish, for I am going to do something in your day that is so wonderful you would never believe it, even if someone revealed it to you. This is a masterly presentation of the gospel, isn't it? Paul has reviewed Jewish history reviewed the ministry of Jesus, then he goes full on to say what the implications of that are. You can receive forgiveness of your sins. You can be brought into a place of real righteousness, of acceptance with God, something that was not possible to do under the law because nobody could obey the law perfectly. So, Barnabas and Paul were about to leave the synagogue when the people asked them to explain these things further on the following Sabbath. After the service, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism, those are the Gentile God-fearers that I talked about earlier in the week, they followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked further with them and urged them to continue to live in God's grace in the good of all he gives. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 